Hey, y'all, this is Mary Payne Gilbert, and this is Payne in the Pod coming to you from sunny Los Angeles. And you could probably hear things out the window because we're recording in a little Airbnb. Okay, I'm beyond excited to have a guest today that I not only stalked, but also begged, cyberbullied, and constantly harassed to come on the show. So if you're a fan of Bravo, then you probably already know about Watch What Crappens. But if you don't, today's your lucky day. Ben and Ronnie of Watch What Crappens break down almost every show on Bravo, and they put about 65 million podcasts a week, plus bonus episodes on their Patreon, and they do live shows, and they do nice things like appear on other people's podcasts. If there's a show on Bravo you love, there's a good chance they talk about it every week. They are two of the hardest working and funniest guys you'll ever hear in your entire life. I can promise you that. Hey, Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, Mary. Thanks for having us. That was so nice what you said. You know, I was working on it. I typed it up and everything. You can say I know. very professional. A lot of preparation. And I like your font. Oh, on here? Yeah, it's a, it's a solid sans serif font you chose. Is it? Yeah. Okay. You know, Modern. Okay, that's whatever. Sleek. Whatever came with the computer, you know, I don't know. That's okay. Okay, so as you know, you guys have been my dream guest since day one, and I... um stalked you in person I cyber bullied you and these are I, not lies by the way people <laughs> she really came hard for us but it worked it did it did work because here I am here you are here I am in my Airbnb exactly, in Los on a, Angeles on a, on a furry pillow <laughs> not my choice okay so tell me how when you and Ronnie first got together and decided to start the Bravo Breakdown podcast so um, so uh, Ronnie and I knew each other from blogging about about oh my god, it's like fourteen years ago or so. Blogging, uh, yeah, blogging. Remember <laughs> blogging? So um, I, I with a friend of mine, I used to actually run a TV blog, mm-hmm. and we'd recap shows. And Ronnie came on as a writer. And Ronnie, as you know, Ronnie is super funny. He has like a background in improv and theater, and he's just like very quick and very funny, and always enjoyed Ronnie. And somewhere around like two thousand ten or so, um, I was hired randomly to host a web show. Uh, called Housewife Hoedown, where I would like talk about what happened on The Real Housewives this week. It was like a weekly show. And as a host, one thing that I had to do is I always had to book the guests. I had to find guests to come onto my little web show. So I would have Ronnie on a lot, and also a friend of mine, Matt Woodfield. Um, and, you know, both of them were really funny, and we got along. And eventually, after like, after about a year, the the, the network that the web show was on, it folded. And we just decided, like, we really enjoy what we do, and we want to keep doing it. So we said, let's just start a podcast, uh, which was seven years ago, and we started. And Matt was also on the show for the first year or so, but he actually has like a real job. Uh, you know, he, at that time he was working at Yahoo, and he got like he was like an editor at Yahoo, so he didn't really have time to do a podcast. So he went off, and he's doing very well on his own now. And we're still friends with him, etc. People always wonder what happened to Matt. He's doing well. You kicked him out. Tell we the kicked, truth. Oh, we kicked him out. It was a big no, drama. Yeah. No, uh, Matt's great. But um, but yeah, that's how it, that's how it started. Like origins in the blog days, blog world. And so, how many years have you guys been doing the podcast? Seven years. Wow, Seven you guys years. are like OGs for real. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, there are a lot. There's some pod. There's the OG OGs that go back probably like to like 2005 or something like that. There's some. There are some podcasts out there that are like that are from from those ancient days. But yeah, we've been doing it a long time. Now you 
Okay, how many do you do a week? Because you cover almost every single Bravo show. So how many podcasts a week do you and Ronnie do together? We record five episodes a week plus an extra bonus episode that uh, is for our Patreon supporters. So it's basically six episodes a week. And now that we're actually doing um, Winter is Crappening, which is like our recap of Game of Thrones. So now we're actually up to seven episodes a week. So it's like a, it's basically a radio show. We're doing a radio show, it feels like. Well, so sometimes your episodes are two hours long to cover a one hour show. <laughs> so do you ever start out and say, okay, look, I got to be somewhere. We haven't got to keep this to 45. And then like an hour and a half later, you're like, I just can't, I just can't quit it. I can't. It happens all the time where we say, okay, let's just do this. Like, let's do a 45 minute episode. I want to get on with like my day. I got things to do. And it's like always those are the episodes where we start, we're like 90 minutes long and we're still talking. It almost feels like the episodes where nothing happens are the episodes where we just start like going on these like riffs and these tangents out of nowhere. And then it's like 90 minutes later, like, oh my God, we still have like 20 minutes left to cover on this show. Do you guys get screeners? Is that how, or you just watch it like Mm. regular people? No, we don't. Um, we we used to get screeners for Real Housewives of Dallas, which is really cool. Bravo would hook us up with those, but we don't get screeners now. Um, so we why just that one show? I, I don't know. I was really happy that we had it, <laughs> and I really enjoyed. Like NBC has a wonderful like screener interface, so I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know why we don't get more. Um, oh gosh, I'm sorry, my phone is on. You just, you, everyone just heard my email notification. I, and I only oh, well, mentioned that's this better than the trash truck that's right behind us. So well, I right. only mentioned this because I don't want people at home thinking that they all got an email. Everyone, it was me. I apologize. Yes. So yes. Um, uh, I don't screeners. Screeners. <laughs> um, it would help a lot because um, we try to we try to like record as much as we can, like in the front of the week, so that way we can just have like a day of podcasting. And so right now, Bravo has so many TV shows um, there and we haven't been able to cover them all. So we haven't really been able to cover Mexican Dynasties or uh, Married to Medicine, Los people Angeles. People love that Mexican Dynasty. They love it. I haven't watched it, but people love it. Maybe I'll catch up on it. I've seen summer. like two or three episodes. It's a great show. It's so great. But the thing is, like, we just it's you know, we are recording a lot and it's hard to like it's just if we could have screeners we could organize our process of recording a lot more easily and we could probably cover more of these shows. Um, and I would, you know, hopefully Bravo will, will start sending us screeners again because, you know, you know, it's also a great way to help people know about these shows. When we cover a show, we, you know, we can really drive a, a, a big audience to the shows because, um, you know, it's, it's, they don't all get the same amount of love on Bravo. No, they don't. A lot, you know, they've got all those home shows now, which I know Ron yeah. is pretty furious about. I actually like that, the, I, the concept I like of Bravo Home. And I, I like lo- it too. And I loved um, Get a Room with Carson and Tom. I thought that was fantastic. Me too. I think I would watch the two of them just drive around in their car. Absolutely. They were I, so funny. Yeah, and you when you watch them, you're like, oh, like you forgot how like how clean and easy their banter was. It's yes. just like a joy to watch. I really hope that show comes back. I do too. I loved that one. And I think that... Um, I heard that Carson is getting like a short run series on Radio Andy. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Now, I watch a couple of shows with my friend Erin, who you just met, um, on her podcast. Once a week, we go on her podcast and we recap like Seeking Sister Wife, you know, 90 Day Fiance, Mm -hmm. Love After Lockup, Super Highbrow. Yeah. And for me, if I watch the one show and I'm taking notes, I mean, it takes a really long time. So I can't Mm -hmm. imagine the amount of hours that you spend like watching, so if you're watching a, let's just say you're watching Vanderpump Rules and it's a one hour show, so really it's 45 minutes or whatever. 
How long does it take you to watch it? Because you got to tippity type it. It takes a long, it's, it's taking longer and longer. And now it, for me to watch Vanderpump Rules, it takes between like an hour to an hour and a half. Same with New York, because I, I wind up writing down all these quotes. And what happens is, because I'm, I'm really anal about certain things. Like I hate, um, I hate like messing up what someone said and I hate um, going out of order when, when we're recapping. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in my mind, I either like to do a recap show where we just bounce all around mm-hmm. or we're like, we're really good with the timeline. Um, I don't like it where we're pretty good with the timeline and then like mess some things up because that's like annoying to me. And like when we get certain things wrong, it's like th- th- certain things wrong, it's like, I keep saying wrongs. I'm talking about Britney. I'm talking about wrongs. <laughs> but when you get certain things wrong, singular, there is no plural of wrongs. <laughs> Is there? Um, then two wrongs don't make a right. Ah, damn it! There is a plural. <laughs> uh, that was a right about a wrong. Yes. No. Um, but when you get something wrong, um, then all of a sudden people will always, you they know, they jump on it. They jump on it. Yeah. They're like, "Oh no, he didn't say that, or she didn't say that." Or, and and I'm like, not chill in terms of like I can't just be like, "Oh okay." I'm like, "Damn it, damn it, I got it wrong," you know. And I was so I'm I I become very anal, and on top of that. One of the things is that when the way Ron and I record is that we both take notes and we record mostly remotely over Skype. Yep. And so, like, I don't necessarily know where he is in his notes and he doesn't necessarily know where I am in my notes. Mm-hmm. And so, if five things happen in a scene, let's say it's like there are five things, let's say I think the first three, let's say I think the first two things are notable and the last thing is notable. So, I'm saying, okay. One something happened, and then another thing happened, and then I skipped to the third thing. But let's say he thought something in between, like, in the middle. Yeah, in the middle was notable. I've now skipped over what he said, so it's like really easy to get out of order. Like you'll be like, wait, 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 but you forgot. Yeah, yeah. And so, so what happens is the reason why I'm mentioning this is that when I'm taking my notes, I'm I'm often writing down what's happening in the scenes. That way, I can always like know where in the scene something's happening, and when he talks about something, yeah, I know where it is. But what happens is. A note that I write down that's supposed to be like, "Hey, just so you know, Ben, this is where mm-hmm. it is in the scene." When I'm when we're doing the 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 recap, I see that note and I assume, "Oh, I wrote this down because it's a joke." And so what happens <laughs> is is that I'm always setting, I'm always starting these jokes. I'm like, "This isn't." I like do the setup, and then I'm like, "Wait, there was no punchline here. Nothing, nothing happened." happened. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, "I've written it down like it's going to be a joke," and I so so I start reading it on the air like, and then Sheena walks in, and then I'm like, "I have." I have no punchline for this. I've got no setup. I, mean, I have a setup. It's not for a joke, but I'm acting like it's a joke. And it's not a joke at all. Sometimes Sheena walking in the room is the joke. Exactly. In the corner. Yeah. Corner. Um, <laughs> okay. So what would you say is your favorite show to recap? My favorite show to recap is definitely Real Housewives of New York because they, I mean, it's my favorite show to watch and it's my favorite show to recap. I think there's a correlation between the shows that I like to watch and, and recap. Um, it's just, it's, it's a great show and it's like really easy for us to find the humor in it. It's, it's just like, we don't have to do a lot. We can find the jokes and there's always something to comment on. There's not like, there's not endless scenes of something boring. There's always something hilarious. The women are like, it's like lightning in a bottle. It's the MVP of all the housewives. Absolutely. Um, what would you say is your least favorite show to recap? I would say um, Marriage to Medicine is probably my least favorite um, I, you know, there was a time I really loved it, but I just kind of feel like it, it sort of goes through the same thing over and over again. And I love the cast. The cast is great. And they're like very funny, 
But a lot of times they get into fights that I feel like, why are you fighting about this? It doesn't feel always as, I don't know, it doesn't feel as real sometimes. It also is, has like moved into this, this space where it's always about domestic marital issues. And some people really love it. And some people say marital medicine is their favorite because it feels the most real to them. Like this is what stuff that real people go through. Right. But to me, it's just... I don't know, like Quad and Dr. Gregory fighting. And I don't know, a lot of times it's just... It from, just the, gets, from the little I watched of that show, I couldn't quite understand why they were married in the first place. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, there are these these feuds that they have and they're based off of, I, I don't know what, you know. But sometimes the show can be really good. But a lot of times I just find it to be like, it's a chore for me. It is it, really is is. it over now, though, for the season? The most recent season is. And then there was just Married to Medicine LA, which I wanted to recap. But we already had too many shows that we were recapping. And, um, you know, what I really liked about Married to Medicine LA was that it was like a really great showcase for women of color who are smart and they're professional. And, and, you know, Bravo a lot of times whittles down like every group into its into like into its stereotypes and I feel like you know representation really does matter and it was really good to see black women on Bravo who were you know uh professionals and that's also what's good about married marriage medicine I shouldn't say professional a lot of a lot of them are professional but I just think it's like you know sometimes Bravo I feel like shows the worst of like us gays or you know whatever and I just feel like it's it's it was like a really good a good show to have on. And I was sad that we couldn't really cover it. Cause you have so many other ones. Yeah. So you do a lot of voices and what's the most challenging voice that you do? Candy bursts is really hard for me because, and that's like our joke, right? Is that candy is like, her voice is like high pitch, then low pitch and then like medium and then this. <laughs> so like our impersonation of candy bursts is like the whole, um, like the whole like joke of it is that we can't do her voice. So that's why whenever I do Candy Burst, I was see now Riley because it's always like it's high one second and low and like you know I, I played audio clips where she's like Ugh! you know it's like tuning in a, a radio. So like yes, you know, that is it is like tuning a radio. Yeah, yeah, you know. So you know that's like our whole joke, and you know we try to sound like her, but it's like impossible. Well, I think the funniest one of the funniest things is Ronnie doing his uh, Scottish Dorit accent yeah. because Dorit is neither Scottish nor British. Um, so I think it's funny that he took it to like such the extreme of like, it's so ridiculous that I'm just going to make it like, like Mrs. Doubtfire or Nanny McPhee or it's hilarious. Yeah, no, he is like his signature, um, impersonation at this point. And it's like, it's the one impersonation where we have two different versions, you know, cause mine is more like a, I try to sound like Dorit, like actual Dorit, which is crazy cause Dorit barely sounds like herself, you know? Right. It, it changes. Yeah. So I'm always like, like, you know, Lisa, you know, guys, but his is like, <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of funny. And like, you know, we really enjoy playing off each other and um, I want to play off his Dorit. You know, I kind of want to like retire my Dorit and just do crazy Mrs. Doubtfire also. But that's like such Ronnie's thing that I don't want to like seem like steal his thunder. So I just will do my, I will continue to do my, just like my little Dorit and, you know, his is Big Dorit? His is Big Dorit. His is Big Dorit, for sure. Um, okay, tell me about your other podcast that you guys started about Game of Thrones. Now, I don't watch Game of Thrones. I just know that there's a million Game of Thrones podcasts out right now that have knocked everybody off the podcast charts. I know. So you guys jumped right in on that. And of course, yours, yours went right up. But how do you, having not watched Game of Thrones, I don't know, do the dragons talk? Are you imitating the dragons? The dragons, the dragons don't talk. And we haven't given them voices yet. 
Um, maybe in the next few episodes we can, but uh, our, we, you know, our, you know, we're known for doing like ridiculous voices on Bravo shows. We don't have a lot of ridiculous voices for Game of Thrones. We sort of just give everyone a general British voice. Like if, if someone's like being ridiculous, we usually talk like this. And then if someone's being humble, we'll talk like this. You know, I don't know. We sort of just like, it's sort of like a, like one size fits all British voice for all these characters but it like works for us and we really enjoy it and you guys just branched into uh, scripted television exactly this is our first like real scripted tv recap and um you know it's been interesting you know on react when we cover reality shows on bravo we're usually talking about the stupid choices people make and th- stupid things they say whereas um winter is crapping we're more like i hate that character Ugh, this person so <laughs> oh god why would they go there you know like you know it's more it's more like that and it's definitely not a serious recap of Game of Thrones. We've had some people initially who were like, this is not a good podcast, you know, because... <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah, because they're like tuning in for some a very serious, austere recap about like, do we think the king will come out? The prophecy will happen? You know, that's also our Game of Thrones voice right there. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Where people are like... Having never watched it, I would say it's a perfect. Thank you. It's perfect. We feel really good about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk about your live shows. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com slash smart for details. Okay, I'm back with Ben from Watch What Crappens. So you have a lot of dedicated super fans of the show, and the live shows are great because we can see your expressions, and we sometimes see your props, like with the pool noodles that you use for the New York when I saw you in IDC. Hilarious. Ramona on the pool noodle. So, But if you had to choose, and this is you have to choose, live shows for everything or record in your house for everything, which would you choose? Um, it's That's like a really, really, really hard choice to make. I love the idea of working from home and just, you know, record and then being done and I have not even had to leave the apartment. But there's such a rush that comes from performing on the stage. Like it is like the roar of like the crowd. Um, it's, I mean, it's draining. It can also be really draining, but it is so fun. And I think that like if we... If we didn't have to deal with the annoyances of, of like selling tickets and trying to get people to fill those seats, um, I don't know, there's a part of me, a very strong part of me that would want to do it live, like exclusively. I've been to um, two of your live shows. I went to um, the 930 Club, the big one that you just had. And then I went last year to uh, the Improv in D.C. And afterwards, you guys just blend in with the crowd and like, I walked with Ronnie as I was begging him to come on my podcast from the venue to the bar. And then I um, went in the bar for a while and then I waited outside you for the bar. That's where I really pinned you down. Yes. (laughs) Remember it vividly. (laughs) As you were just trying to relax. But now how do you, 
how do you kind of keep that line between you guys and your fans? And I'm not trying to say it's like, you know, a um, Kathy Bates situation. But, you know, at some point, like, do you ever get, like, worried? Like, okay, we are, like, literally just going with these 700 people yeah. to a bar. And maybe that's going to get scary at some point? Um, I, you know, no, knock on wood, so far we haven't had any real crazies. Like, everyone is, by and large, like, very nice and smart. And they, they're cool um, but it's hard because, you know, with the podcast, it's so intimate. You know what they say with, um, like, if you're a movie star, if someone sees a movie star on the street, they'll they'll address them by saying, like, oh, Mr. Mr. McConaughey or something like that or Mrs. Jo- Miss Jolie. And if you see a TV star, they usually refer to them by their first name. You know, because, like, a movie, you're, it's like a big screen TV. It's, like, in your living room. But, like, with podcasting, you know, we're, like, right in some in people's ears. And, and it, like, really gives the feeling uh, that we're, like, talking directly to you. I'm not saying that, like, people who listen to podcasts are, like, deluded, but it creates a huge amount of intimacy. And especially because it's such a casual platform where it's just chatter and, um, and people will listen day in, day out. And a show like ours, which has been on for years, people feel like they've been in a conversation with us and they just haven't had a chance to talk yet. So... It creates this weird one-way relationship where we don't know who they are, but they know about us, which is fine. Um, but it's like really important to draw a line. Like I feel like it's really important to have a line, um, like have a boundary, because you don't want someone to have an expectation that like we really are the friends that it feels like we are. Yes, right. Which sounds really obnoxious. Sounds like me being like, we're not friends. Like, my dream would be to be a mean girl, but I'm not really one. No, it doesn't sound think. like that. It sounds like, it's exactly that. It's like, I've got podcasts that I listen to all the time, and I'm like, I am so sure that me and this person would be Same. best friends. Me too. Yeah. yeah I listen. I love listening to board game podcasts, because that's like mm-hmm. my hobby. So I'm always listening to board game podcasts. I'm like, ooh, if I'm in their city, I wonder if I should reach out to see if like we can play a board game together. But it's like, because you just naturally develop this feeling like you yeah. have, like, 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 I don't know. And so um, I think it's really important to, to create, like, it's important to remember or, like, to not blur the lines because you don't want someone, you don't want to set someone up for an expectation that there is more of a relationship there than, than there actually is. Mm-hmm. And then when they realize that they're upset and they're like, well, they're a dick or whatever, or that they expect certain sort of access. Like, we've had a few people who try to, like, have actually tried to, like, come back to our hotel with us and the, Sweet. not to try to hook up or anything, <laughs> but just cause they want to hang like, yeah, they want to hang out. And it's kind of like, no, like, like we've left the after party and now we want to go and decompress. Cause we're at those parties, you know, you're sort of like on, you're still on. Yeah, you are. And it's fun. It's like a good on, but like, honestly, after a live show, I just kind of want to like, go get some food and like talk with my like oh my god that joke killed oh my god oh yeah i was so embarrassed my joke was so awkward you know like yeah 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 yeah. you know you're, you sort of want to just like chill but, out. but your fans you know they're always like all the boards everything and the um the live and loving it facebook page it's like the meetup is here beforehand you know yeah. that starts at two and then the show's at eight and then i'm like oh my gosh so by two in the morning everybody is shenanigans. well that's i mean yeah. everyone is people yeah. we we broke the bar record at the texas theater when we went there for like in single night like the amount of bar sales that our <sighs> listeners uh like had and that's the theater that's been around from like nine since like 1930 or something like that but um you know the listeners are great and they have these meetups so and we want to meet these people that we see online so we do like it's not like we want to do it and everything but it's also like important that you know like they're just i'm not going to go to the after party i'm not going to get wasted you know because i'm i have to i think it's important to just have your wits about you you know because 
you don't want to send people the wrong messages about certain somebody may follow you back to your hotel someone might yeah and then your boyfriend would not be (sighs) no scandalo um what about speaking of drunk people what about the drunk people that like yell out during the show and like step on your jokes and yeah yell out like do ramona i know it's it's really funny when people no, say like, like do, do ramona, do, do ramona do, do Luan, do yeah. it is kind of funny it's like okay settle down here's my thing i'm like luann on real housewives in new york like i don't mind being around drunk people but i'm like i really have a low tolerance for sloppy people yeah. i'm sorry I kind of feel like after like 23 or 24, you can't be sloppy anymore. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's a reasonable expectation, but in my mind, I've decided that that's going to be the cutoff. I'm like, you should know how to handle your alcohol. But um, uh, yeah. I give, I give it 30. 30, 30. 30 is probably the normal one. Yeah, I think 30. But it's more like, you know, have you ever gotten stuck with a sloppy 24-year-old? You start, you suddenly start to say, you're 24. You should know how to drink by now. <laughs> Like, it's just, like um, on Saturday Night Live, um, Cecily Strong does that g- drunk girl of the party. Yeah. And she's like, and then that is like, when, every time that comes on, I think of this one particular friend of mine from college. I'm like, that is her. Yeah. Still at age 50. That oh my is God. Her. We, and yes. we've all been her too, yes. unfortunately. Yes, of course. Um, I mean, I've been the sloppy. I've been a sloppy drunk for sure. But I'm, I, you know, just imagine like you are like, imagine walking into like a sea of people and then there's like just a sloppy person who just will not get out of your face, you know? And you're like, please, please get out of my face. You're like, you're um, giving the rest of us crappening fans a bad name. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they don't, but it's like, it's like, oh my God, I always remember. I always remember that when we go back to a city, if I see that person, I'm like, uh-uh, I remember that person was a mess last time. I always remember. I know you give them a second chance that they may have been having a bad night. Actually, <laughs> no, it's actually, what's crazy, there have been times where it's been like, someone's been really sloppy and I'm like, oh God, oh this, oh wait. And then the next time, go back to the city they're like fine like oh hi how's it going you're like what who is this person person? and you're like wow this person's like totally wonderful and charming and then you realize like i'm being a dick just judging prematurely but um in terms of that though like like drunken people at the show yeah it's hard because people do it's like they're excited to finally like like see us in person sometimes you know because again they've just been listening they've they want to find it's a chance to finally talk back have their voice heard in the conversation that's been happening um, and but, they want you to do their favorite accent or their favorite yeah. joke or their, like if you guys do like the Bethany thing, you know, they want to make sure you're doing that. Yeah. yeah. And like we want to do it too because it's like fun. It's fun. People love it and people cheer and, you know, it's like, I mean. But you're like, don't tell me what to do. Don't <laughs> tell me what to do. Okay, fine. I'll do it for you there. Are you going to laugh? Then I'll do it. Yeah. Um, have you ever run across, speaking of crazy people, Bravo celebrities in the wild that may be like, don't get the joke or don't because I know like y'all have a running joke about Ariana is Ariana mad at us yeah um, but do you ever run across any Bravo celebrities or hear of any Bravo celebrity Bravo celebrities that don't think that it's funny um we really don't we I mean I think most Bravo celebrities who wouldn't get the joke don't really listen maybe I don't know we haven't been we've never been confronted we you know we've gotten like a message once but it's like mm, well, actually one time we got a tweet from like Ashley from Southern Charm Savannah, and she was like, "Um, before you say these things, you didn't know a person." And we're like, "Really?" Um, but in general, like everyone's been fine. Ronnie was saying that one time we met Erica Jane, and she was like, "Oh, so don't you have anything better to do than be shady to a bunch of housewives?" And he's like, "No," and she's like, "Ah," and they laugh. You're like, "Actually, no, I don't." <laughs> I think that was her way of just giving him the business a bit, like, "Okay, yeah. like you can be shady to me, but I'll be shady to you back," which I think is totally fair. 
And uh, I think it's actually pretty hilarious that that's what her response was. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. What, I wonder if Bethany has ever heard you guys do your tandem Bethany. Yeah, I don't know if she would think it's hilarious. Like, oh my God, this is like hilarious. This is like exactly what I am. I mean, I was like, it's like totally, it's, it's like, it got away. Like, what, what can I say? <laughs> or it should be like, what is this, this fucking thing they are? Like, don't you have something better to do with your life? Like, like guys, seriously, like, like you just sit, on, sit at home and like make fun of like what house was. Like, seriously, get off, get off, get off. Skinny girl. Skinny girl. Skinny girl. Um, okay, we're going to come right back and then we're going to talk about podcast. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, I'm back with Ben. And I know that you spend uh, most of your time watching Bravo and doing recaps, but tell me about, first I want to hear about your passion project, The Real Housewives of Kitchen Island. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for asking, Mary. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I decided to... um, well, it all it all ties together. So a friend of mine, uh, this guy who I like knew back in like 2005, he um, he started up a cartoon called uh, Game of Zones. It's okay. a cartoon. It's a parody of Game of Thrones, but where it sort of reimagines Game of Thrones as seen like through the lens of the NBA, whereas like all the warring houses are like different teams or okay. like so it's like okay. LeBron or whatever, you know. And so. Uh, uh, I had heard of Game of Zones, but it was basically like a year ago or so, a year and a half ago, there was a giant article in the New York Times about Game of Zones, which apparently taken off. It's huge. It, it, got, it was bought by like Yahoo or Barstool Sports or who knows what. And it's huge. And he, I was like, this is, I was like, Adam, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe Adam's like, I know he's into animation. I didn't know that this like blew up. Yeah. But it really inspired me. It like inspired, it inspired me that he went and he created something. And he just, he made it. And, you know, I came out here to L.A. to be a writer. And, um, you know, I honestly have not had that much success. I've had things that have come really close to being made. I've, like, had, like, celebrities that I've, like, gone out and pitched with. I've, like, I've, everything I do has always died at the last, like, in, in the last second, you know? Yeah. Which is part of what L.A. is. But I always feel like there's so many gatekeepers and, like, there's so many hoops you have to jump through. And I just decided, you know what? Like, I was so inspired by that article. I was like, I want to learn animation because I just want to, like, write something and just put it out there. I don't want to go through anyone. I don't want notes. I just want to write it. I'll create it all and put it up on YouTube, even if it gets seen by, like, 10 people. I just wanted a creative outlet like that. Like, um, since the podcast has kind of taken over my writing. Like, I'm not writing anymore, really. Right. But I still want to keep the writing alive. So... I downloaded this animation software and I taught myself how to use it and I just wrote like little scripts and then started voicing it all and you know it's doing really nicely it's not like a breakout hit yet maybe maybe now that we're talking about it here on the Pain oh, in sure. the Pod podcast yeah, that's right 
But um, but yeah, it was sort of a way for me to be like, you know what, I want to get my writing directly to people. And I want to write it. I also wanted to do something that would appeal to our audience, our Crappens audience. That way I could, you know, like pitch it to them as well. Yeah. yeah. Like I've got this, we've got this whole audience. Why not write something for them? Um, I, it's really cute. Thank you. Okay. Now when, if you ever have time to listen to podcasts, what podcast do you like? Um, so I don't, it's funny. I don't listen to too many podcasts because we record so much. Right. Um, I, I listen to board game podcasts a lot. Like, that's my hobby. When we're, done, okay, when we're ex- not... Explain to me. Yes. How do you listen to a podcast with two people playing Monopoly? No, no. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, it's not like that. So basically, I love playing board games. And it's like a real... It's, for me, it's a way for my brain to unwind mm-hmm. um, from the rigorous work of talking about Real Housewives <laughs> of who knows where. But um, I love the puzzle of it all. And I just really enjoy it. And I love playing games, etc. And so there are a lot of podcasts where people talk about the games they played or new games. It's just, like, just a way of learning about games. Or like, oh, I played this game. It was really fun. And it's a way to sort of get that experience. It's like, it's like, it's like Watch What Happens or any recap thing. Like, oh, I saw that movie. I want to hear what you say, what, what you think about right? it too. So I listen to a lot of board game podcasts. So there's one called uh, Blue Peg, Pig, Pink Peg, which I really enjoy. Blue Peg, Pink Peg. Okay. Yeah. And there's one called Shut Up and Sit Down. And then someone I know just started one called uh, Game Brain. So those are cool. Um, outside of board game podcasts, you know. So loud. Sorry. I know. It's <laughs> an ice machine wants to chime so, in. So, so sorry. Go ahead. Well, I love me some Danny Pellegrino and yes. everything iconic. Um, my friend Neil has a history podcast. Uh, he's a historian. It's called Past Present. It's fantastic. They look at um, current events through P-A-S-T, the lens of history. P-A-S-T, Past Present? Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, Neil and two other historians they are all professors or professor types, etc. I have a friend who's always looking for a good history podcast. Past Present is okay. fantastic. It's, they're just like, it's like smart people talking about things. Oh, what's that like? Is that nice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like, not rambling on about, you know... Stasi. So then um, I listen to that, um, you know, and I, you know what, Taylor, you, Taylor Strecker, yes. as you mentioned, we love Taylor Strecker. Love. Um, I feel like there's a million Jackie Schimmel. Uh, hilarious. But, but truthfully, I really, I, I feel like I um, support those. Keep it with Ira. I love Ira. Um, Ira Madison III. She uses his full name. Otherwise, he will be very furious. Um, so I love all those shows. But really, the ones I listen to the most are, are board game ones. You know. I, I hear that a lot. Uh, podcasters say that um, they don't listen to a lot of podcasts because sometimes they don't want to like accidentally copy something yeah. or get somebody's shtick. Or, and I get that too. And especially, you know, it's not like you're going to go and listen to, to a recap of Real Housewives in New York when you just spent an hour and a half recapping Real Housewives in New York. That's the other yeah, thing, yeah. right? Um, but it's funny because like a lot of times like Danny Pellegrino and I will have like full on overlap with like a photo or a joke or a meme. It's like... And sometimes if, if um, Ron and I split the production on our show, so I'll, I'll produce like half the shows, he'll do the other half mm-hmm. during the week. Yeah. Um, you can always tell because we have, different, we have different fonts on the episodes that we produce. Oh. <laughs> really professional. That is inside baseball so, scoop right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but sometimes I'll check. Brian Moylan writes uh, uh, Real Housewives recaps for Vulture. So good. Yeah. He's really funny. And he always has really good puns in his titles. So sometimes I'll yeah. check to make sure that... I'm not doing the same fun that he is because it has happened before and I don't want people to think I'm ripping him off. So I check in with his recaps every now and then to make sure everything's kosher, you know. He posted something before The Real House was in New York 
earlier this week, and this will probably come out a couple weeks later, but it was like, tonight there's something happening in the episode that is going to shock the world. It's going to be the most horrible thing you've ever seen. Everybody get ready. And so I was just on the edge of my seat of what's it going to be. But right when it happened, I knew what it was. Was it the hustle? It was. Or the Tinsley? Yes. Tinsley. No. Was it about Tinsley crying at the no, couple circus? Or it was, was it about the, hustle. The product placement. The, of the product placement of hustle. <laughs> that was egregious. It was out of control and it never, it was so long. You kept on thinking like, oh, they're going to mention, they kept on going and going and going. The reason Tinsley is like Anne Hathaway is because I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I told, I wrote to Brian Moylan and said, I was expecting Priv to come in and start doing their makeup while they were rubbing rubbing Nivea hand cream on their hands. I was like, this could not be more bold. It was out of control. But you know what everyone's talking about? it. Everyone was like, oh my God, did you see that like thing for the hustle? And guess what? I didn't even know about the hustle until yesterday. So it's working. I mean... And unfortunately, it is working, and we'll probably see a lot more of that. That's annoying as anything. Yeah. Okay, so we're at the end of the podcast. Um, ben is going to stick around and do a little bit of Patreon for me. So everybody, uh, go on over to my Patreon to hear that. But tell me where people can find out more about you and Ronnie and your podcast and Winter is Crappening and your live shows and the Real Housewives oh my of Kitchen Island, so much stuff. So all the Watch for Crap and stuff, if you go to watchforcrappens.com, that's like where all the ticketing links are, merchandise, um, there's links to all our social media, but generally speaking, our social media is at watch what crappens, except Twitter. Twitter doesn't allow something that long. So it's at what crappens on Twitter. I'm at Ben Mandelker across the board. Um, the real housewares of kitchen Island is on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. You just have to search in real housewares. And then, um, crappens, you can find crappens and winter's crappening. Those are, uh, you can find it on Apple podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts anywhere where you're listening to this fine podcast is where you can (laughs) find those podcasts um and then i think that's that's it patreon patreon.com slash watch what crappens yeah just go to watch you'll find all the stuff there it's our central hub okay thank you very much i appreciate it thanks for having me